Hello all, welcome or welcome back to And Everything In Between. I'm your host, Mela. I'm not even gonna lie, I procrastinated making this episode so much and I don't even know why. I just, I don't know. I was just feeling really lazy today and I hate when I do this. Like when I get in this procrastination mindset, I just know it is gonna be so difficult to pull myself out of it. Like I haven't done my homework. I'm literally recording my podcast at five. Like I never record my podcast at five. Normally I record it around noon, one, maybe two, but never 5 p.m. So that's just my procrastination. And yeah, I don't know why I procrastinated that so much, but I am very excited to discuss today's episode. I think it's an interesting one. And also I had this idea for another episode. I don't know what I want to do exactly for it. It's kind of maybe in relation to an English project that I'm doing, but I don't know. So stay tuned for the next podcast episode because it could be very interesting. But for this podcast episode, I am going to be talking about human behavior. But before I get into human behavior, I wanted to tell you guys, I just started watching you, quote unquote, you on Netflix. Whenever I'm telling my friends, I'm like, I'm watching you. I always put the quotes around it so they know I'm not watching them like Joe Goldberg. But I love that show and I don't know why I waited so long to watch it. Like I hate, okay, I hate the type of people who refuse to watch a show just because it's popular and they just, they're too good for that or whatever. Like, I'm not one of those people. I just didn't watch it because I thought it was going to be too scary, but I'm so glad I decided to watch it. If you are looking for a sign to start watching the TV show You, you have to start it. It's so good. I literally watched season one and two. I just finished season two. Oh my god. I have to just, okay, if you haven't watched till season two, then just skip this. If you haven't even watched the show, skip this. But I kind of saw it coming. Like, I kind of saw the twist coming with Love being the one to kill the au pair. Like, I kind of saw that coming. I didn't think Forty had it in him. And I was like, you know what? I bet she killed Delilah too. And I was right. I I did see it coming. What I did not see coming was... There was another twist at the end. Now I'm forgetting. It was Forty being killed. I thought, honestly, I thought that love might have killed 40 but i was so glad that 40 killed joe but what okay what i feel like just wasn't realistic was that 40 40 he didn't really have it in him to kill anyone but if he was gonna kill joe you know he couldn't have had that 10 minute speech like that's what i hate about tv characters when they're about to kill someone like they want to give this whole monologue like just do it because we already know like if he's not going to do it something else is going to get in his way and another thing that from season one beck when he had her in the basement oh my god and then she hit joe with the mallet and she ran upstairs i was like as soon as she hit him but she didn't like check if he was dead i was like oh god he's not dead like I know it was that fight or flight instinct. She didn't have time to think rationally, but I mean, come on, you've got to like make sure he's dead so he doesn't come snatch you up the stairs. 
But yeah, that's where I'm at with the show You. And season two, I was heartbroken when Delilah died, but I knew she had to go because I was like, they can't keep this lovable character on. They're going to have to get rid of her. You know, they can't keep her on, even though I loved her. I love her and Ellie. And I mean, he really, Joe really did ruin Ellie's life. And I think what's messed up about it is that he was, when he found out Love was pregnant, he was saying how, oh, when Ellie was like, you know, screw you, he was like, oh, well, this is what it's like being a father, like, I'm getting this taste of fatherhood, so it just shows you how messed up his mind is, like, that's not being a father, he's truly thinks of himself as helping Ellie by sending her money, not like he ruined her life and was responsible for her sister's death or anything, so I thought that was extremely messed up, and the fact that he wanted a daughter instead of a son, because I think he knows deep down that he can't handle having a son because he doesn't want the son to end up like he did. I don't know. I just thought, oh my god, it was crazy. But I just finished episode one of season three and I like it. I like it, but I definitely like season two more. But anyways, I just had to say that because my friend is watching you right now, but she just started season two, so I can't talk to her about it. So I'm talking to you guys about it. Um, I also just started Outer Banks season three, and I'm only on episode one. I like it so far a lot, actually. So yeah, that's where I'm at with my TV shows. But let's get in. Actually, okay, I have one more thing to say. Um, something I'm working on that maybe you sh- maybe you guys want to work on as well. I think it would be interesting to talk about just not feeling embarrassed by things. I used to feel like embarrassed. I would do something and then be like, oh my god, I hope no one saw that. But the way I acted after I did that was just the embarrassing part. So what I'm trying to do now is just do whatever I want. Not do whatever I want, but act like myself, do whatever, and just not be embarrassed by it. Because life is too short to be embarrassed by things. And no one... I had to go off camera because I just sneezed twice. Not off camera, off the microphone. No one wants to be around someone who's always embarrassed, so that's what I'm trying to work on right now. I just thought I should share that. But let's get into today's episode on human behavior. This is not what you think it's going to be because I'm not a psychologist. I have not studied human behavior professionally in any sense, obviously. So all of what I'm going to say is just based on my own observations and my own thoughts. So whether that's accurate or not scientifically, I cannot say, but this is just based on my own observations. I think I've mentioned before that I love people watching. Like, I could go anywhere. I don't need anything except my music, you know, have my AirPods in, listening to my playlist, and just watch people. That's all I need. Put me anywhere. Any city, even any just crowded suburban place, put me there and I will people watch. It is so fun. It's not even fun really. It's just very intriguing to see how people interact and, you know, just watch people walk by with their clothes and hairstyles, just seeing how people act in their natural environment. I love to people watch. And it's funny because my friend and I, she, my friend loves to people watch as well. And at school, at school, we can, like, look down 
from the third floor to the first floor and like see down to the first floor and so we're always people watching in between classes and watching like people walk by like other teenagers and I think I enjoy it more than she does but I just love people watching I feel I just find it so interesting seeing how people interact with one another and especially in cities I remember I talked about this was like the very first or second episode I did lessons from New York City where I talked about sitting on a bench in a park on a path and just watching people go by some people were running on bikes walking with their partners or their family and I just observed it all I even people watch at work and I'll just be sitting there in my chair listening to music and just looking at customers coming in watching people from outside watching customers that are already sitting down and I'm not trying to be creepy like I don't want to sound I feel like that just sounded really ominous and creepy it's not like that but I have a funny story well it's not that funny but it's slightly funny um I was working yesterday and so I'm sitting at the counter and I'm not sure if my coworker just thought I was weird or something, but that's okay. I was just sitting there listening to music, doing nothing. My arms are crossed and I see these people walking outside and it was only them, but I was just like, you know what? I have nothing else to do. I'm just going to watch these people until they come inside, which sounds creepy, but it wasn't creepy, I promise. So then these people like come inside and one of the people like makes eye contact with me and I think she like saw me just sitting there like just listening to music kind of watching them until they came inside and she just saw me it was just it was funny because she kind of like I think she knew that I was like looking at her and the other person um so that was kind of slightly embarrassing but it's fun I love to people watch and even any public space I'll just be looking seeing what people are up to but I feel like I'm very good at reading people. And I wouldn't be saying this, like, I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm so emotionally aware of other people. But I do feel like I can look at someone and just observe them and I will know what they're thinking or just like along the lines of what they're thinking. And I just feel like I'm very good at reading people. So in today's episode, I want to talk about what I've learned from my people watching experiences and what I've learned about people and what they're thinking and give some tips for when you are in a situation with others, other people soon to see what people are thinking, learn to read people better. better. And these are, again, just my experiences. So Nothing is backed up by scientific evidence of what I'm saying. This is all just based on my experiences. But I feel like what people always want to know, including myself, is when someone likes you or is attracted to you. I feel like as humans, we always are left in this state of constant wondering. We never know for sure that someone is attracted to us. We can suspect it, we can debate it in our heads, but I really feel like until that other person tells you, we never know if they truly are attracted to us. And this is something 
that bugs me because I'm always like, I want to know. And you probably want to know or you've had experiences where you wished you knew. So based on my experiences with watching other people and even my own experiences, I feel like these are what people do when they like you, like you in a romantic sense. Okay, number one, I feel like this isn't body language and I know this is going to sound very cliche, but there is that intuitive feeling when someone likes you. Like, you just know. And I was talking to my friend about this. I was like, do you ever feel like you just know someone likes you? Like, you just know they do and you're not even debating it because you just have that feeling in your mind where you're like, yeah, they definitely like me. And I remember I was telling her, like, I'm not trying to sound narcissistic, but there's always that one person that you're like, I feel like they like me. And maybe this only applies when you are younger or less mature for sure, but I feel like I have that one person, everyone has that one person who just based on their body language and the way they act, we're like, I'm pretty sure you like me. So there is that intuitive feeling. But if you're like me and you're like, okay, I hate intuition, I can't even trust my own intuition, here are some other signs of things I've noticed. Number one, eye contact, especially when you're talking. If you're talking with someone one-on-one and they're looking at you and maintaining eye contact while you're talking, or even if you're like not looking at them, but you see them looking at you, like you feel them looking at you, that's definitely a strong indicator. And just based on my personal experience and just observing other people, I can just tell right away when someone is attracted to another person just because of eye contact and the way that they look at them, especially when one person isn't looking at them and they're like doing something else and the other person is looking at them. That's definitely... Definitely a strong indicator, I would say. Another thing, which I feel like you may have heard before, but body language. And this just goes in general if you like being in the presence of someone else's company. You're going to subconsciously turn your body towards them just because your brain is saying, you know what, I want to hear what you have to say. I'm engaged in the conversation and I like to keep talking. So, subconsciously, we naturally turn our shoulders and turn our feet towards the other person. And I found that either when you're walking with someone or you're standing there, that person will be slightly faced and at an angle towards you. And even if you're not talking, it's just the way they're standing, they they want to be facing you. So that's definitely something I've noticed for sure not with not even with myself just with other people but a lot of these things i do catch myself doing as well like the eye contact actually no because i do not like making eye contact with people but i don't know if i've told you guys this but i have this challenge to get myself to be less socially less have less social anxiety a little less socially awkward and what i'll do is I'll be at work and I'll be like talking to a customer and I'll make it my goal to make eye contact with them the whole time I'm talking to them for the whole conversation. And, you know, some people, especially adults, they do not break eye contact. But 
I am like screaming inside. I'm like, oh my God, this is so awkward. Like, I hate this so much. But it really has helped me get out of my comfort zone and become more comfortable with eye contact and holding conversations with other people. So I would definitely recommend doing that. And I told my mom that and she kind of laughed and she was like, Mela, you're probably making those people so uncomfortable. But it really does help. So just do it, especially because in America, you know, making eye contact with people is a sign of respect. I know in other cultures, that's not the case, but it is in America. So yeah, you should, you guys should try that. I would recommend it. It's very, very interesting. But as I was saying, eye contact for sure. Another thing that, again, this is all in our subconscious. I feel like a lot of these things, we don't even realize we're doing it because we're attracted to attracted to someone or because we like someone but definitely playing with hair or fidgeting like maybe fidgeting with like a a bracelet while you're talking to someone so I feel like there's a difference between fidgeting when you're not talking to someone and you're just alone versus when you're talking to someone it's definitely a sign of being nervous and while it could be a sign of being uncomfortable, I feel like there are other indicators that tell you that the person's uncomfortable. Like maybe they keep looking away or they're trying to get away from the conversation. But if they're doing those things like eye contact or their body language is faced towards you and they're fidgeting, I feel like that is a sign of nerves. Like they're maybe not intimidated, but just a little nervous to talk to you the way you would be nervous to approach like a celebrity like it's someone you admire right another thing playing with hair I was actually doing some research into this because I feel like especially with teenagers just playing with your hair is like a subconscious way of trying to make yourself look good or just trying to make yourself look confident And so I was just doing some research into this, what does like playing with hair mean? Because I felt like that's definitely a strong sign that I notice all the time. Like every time I see two people talking and I can tell one of them, one of them likes the other person, they're always playing with their hair. So, and that is a sign of, um, like a psychological sign of being attracted to someone is playing with your hair. And that's the one I did I did do a little research on that. Okay, another thing that is a little embarrassing that I do a lot, that I know a lot of people do, is excessive nervous laughter. I notice when I have like that feeling, you know, that intuitive feeling that someone has a crush on me, they're always laughing nervously. Not they're always laughing nervously, but if someone is laughing nervously at everything you're saying, then I feel like either they are just uncomfortable in social situations or maybe they genuinely are uncomfortable being in your presence, which hopefully is not the case. But it could also be because they are just feeling giggly and, you know, when you're kind of around someone that you have a crush on, you just get like a little jumpy and you start acting weird you become aware of everything you're doing or maybe that's just me but I don't I don't think it is just me I feel like this is kind of a universal thing we just get nervous and we do weird stupid things like nervous laughter 
I will say though, in uncomfortable situations, I am always laughing. And it's gone to the point where someone could tell me their dog is dying and I would start laughing. And it's obviously not because I'm happy, but it's just because I don't know what to do with myself. Like, I genuinely do not know where to put myself, what to do with myself when someone says something like that, when someone says, like, really bad news or when someone's crying, especially when someone's crying, I just have this overwhelming urge to laugh. And I always feel like I'm a terrible person because on the inside, I feel awful for them and I want the outside to reflect those feelings and that empathy. But I just cannot, I cannot do it. I just laugh just because I'm uncomfortable by the situation. And I remember when I was younger and the adults would like yell at me for something, I would just start laughing or just start chuckling. And it's especially difficult when you have friends that do the same thing because if you're around a friend that starts laughing, it just makes you laugh. And that's one of my favorite things about people, you know, seeing how people act around their friends in a wholesome way, like when their friend is laughing and that makes you laugh. Just seeing those moments between other people, you know, makes me feel happy. But when that happens with me, I'm like, oh my god. I actually have a story of when this happened. So this was very recent. This was last week. Literally last week. This was like actually three days ago. <laughs> so basically, we had like this career fair at my school. And so my friend and I saw that one of the tables, which was for like plumbing and stuff, had a bunch of snacks. And let's just say this was not my finest moment, but I was really hungry, okay? And I really wanted a Rice Krispie treat. So we go up to the table and it was, again, like for a plumbing heating system. So we go up to the table and we're like, okay, we're going to talk to them and make it seem like we're interested in like signing up to be a plumber and then we're going to get the snacks. So my friend, of course, is talking and I'm trying hard not to laugh because she's just like, I just know she's lying and that's just making me want to start laughing. And then she says, oh, what college major do you need for this to start plumbing? And I'm like laughing right now because that was so funny because obviously you don't need a college major to be a plumber. And I just lost it. Like, I was trying so hard not to laugh. Like, my mouth was wobbling. And then I was talking about how I was interested in engineering, which is, like, very mildly true. And, you know, I think the woman knew that we were kind of lying and we just wanted the snacks because when I asked the woman, I was like, oh, can we take a snack? She was like, mm-hmm. And she, she kind of smiled, but smiled in that knowing way, like, okay, I know what you guys are up to. And me and my friend, this, okay, this makes me feel like an awful person, but me and my friend, the minute we left the table, like 10 seconds later, we were literally within 10 feet of the table we just burst out laughing. And it wasn't because we were laughing at the people. It was just because of that nervous, uncomfortable situation that we were both put in that we just died. We just lost it. And then it gets worse. So 
this woman who was like in charge of organizing the career fair was asking she was like oh are you guys interested in this and then my friend goes oh yeah we like went over to the like electric electrical plumbing station and I was like oh no don't start don't go down this path and then the woman was talking about how there were other plumbing there was another plumbing company and I was trying hard not to lose it I was already starting to laugh and then the woman looks away and my friend looks at me and I can see her in my peripheral vision looking at me and my friend laughs and when my friend laughed, I just lost it. I mean, I was on the floor laughing so hard I could not breathe. And the woman was like, what's so funny? And I just felt terrible because I didn't want her to think we were laughing at her because we weren't at all. It was just so funny because the only reason we went over to the electrical plumbing thing station was just because we wanted food and it was just so funny and I felt so bad and I kind of told the woman the story but I kind of left out the part where we wanted the food and she kind of looked uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable. I was laughing because I was uncomfortable and I actually was cracking up. Me and my friend both ran for the bathroom because we were laughing so hard. Well, we were like running there and then when we got into the bathroom, we just lost it. And I am laughing, I'm literally laughing as I tell this story. That will forever be one of the funniest stories and the funniest examples of nervous laughter. But that just goes to show, like, I feel like everyone has that problem. Some more so than others, but I definitely have that problem. But I do think when all those other things are true, those body language things, then excessive laughter is definitely, definitely a sign. Another thing, just a couple things, when someone likes being in your company in general doesn't mean they're necessarily attracted to you in a romantic way, but I've noticed especially just sitting, like I was saying when I was in New York City, I was sitting on that bench, and when people are walking, they will be laughing, and then they'll look ahead, like they'll be laughing, looking at each other, making eye contact, and then they'll look back at the path or wherever they're walking on. And then a few seconds later, they'll look back at the person while still laughing. This is such a specific moment, but now that I think about it, I'm remembering so many different times I've seen strangers doing that. It's like you're laughing, you're looking at the person and laughing, then you look away and you're just walking straight, and then you look back at them while still laughing or while still talking. And I just feel like that eye contact, even though you can't just be staring directly at someone when you're walking, but just that eye contact after a few seconds of, you know, checking your surroundings, it's definitely just a sign someone enjoys being your company. And I remember also seeing this when I was in Boston and so I was visiting Boston and we went to this amazing pizza place and the pizza place was like a brownstone. I think it was on Newbury Street or around Newbury Street. Actually, I don't know, but it was somewhere around Newbury Street or on Newbury Street and it was this pizza place and the pizza place you could sit like in the windows, these bay windows where the tables were and just watch people and you know, you were probably like, I'm not good with measurements, but like 
20 feet off the ground, 15 feet off the ground. So you were looking down at people from the window and watching them walk by. And I just remember I was finished with my pizza, you know, done with all my food. And I was just leaning back in my chair, looking at the window, watching people walk by. And that's really all I needed. And that's when I saw, you know, I could tell, does someone like the other person? Do these friends really like being in each other's company? Does someone else, is someone else annoyed with the other person? It's just plain observation. And I was able to notice that. And I think that's really cool just being able to read people like that. Another thing is walking closely next to the person. And I know this is kind of like, well, yeah, duh moment. But when you're walking closely next to someone, if you didn't want to be right next to someone, if you weren't comfortable in their presence, then you would stand a few feet apart, right? But if you're walking right next to someone so close that your arms are almost touching, you know, you want to be by them. You feel comfortable, you feel safe around them. And that's just a small thing that pretty much everyone does. But I notice that when I'm getting frustrated with someone or when I don't want to be walking near someone, I try to distance myself. And you know, maybe even just stepping a foot away or starting to walk behind them, especially like following them instead of walking side by side. That side by side pattern when walking is definitely something noticeable that points to being comfortable in another person's presence. The next thing I want to talk about is having a conversation with someone because I feel like it's so embarrassing. It's, it gives me secondhand embarrassment when I'm watching two people have a conversation and one of them is clearly disengaged and clearly wants to get out of that conversation and the other one is just not understanding and not reading the cues. And I feel like this definitely happens a lot between a man and a woman where usually the man <laughs> is talking to the woman about something the woman's not interested but the man just doesn't understand that and just keeps talking. I have seen this so many times both on videos on the internet and also just in real life that I just have to bring it up. I have to talk about it. These are signs that someone wants to leave the conversation and you know maybe it's hard for you to read emotional cues because it's definitely just depends on the person how easy it is to or how much emotional intelligence one has. But if you need a little guidance, here are some signs that someone wants to leave the conversation. Checking their phone or looking at the time. When I am eager to leave a conversation, I literally make it a point to look around the room and even while someone is talking, you know, normally when someone is talking, even if you're not making eye contact with them, you're looking in their general direction. Your head is faced in their general direction. But when I want to leave a conversation, I'm I'm looking around everywhere. I'm looking everywhere but the person. Sometimes, you know, people need that push and that push may just be, you know, checking your phone, like making it clear that, oh, someone's texting me or, oh, look at the time, I have to go. So that's definitely a sign. Another sign is turning away during conversational pauses. So you know how there's a lull in the conversation. Normally, the other person would say something to continue that and keep the conversation going. But if that person is not interested in being a part of that conversation anymore, 
they will turn away during the pause like they're ready to go. Like, okay, that's the end, time to go. So that's definitely something I noticed. And that's something that happened to me like last week. And I saw it. I saw the person turn away and like look after her friends who were like leaving. And I was like, okay, time to wrap up the convo, Mela. Like poor person wants to leave. Time, time to wrap this up. So that's another thing. Also being dry or not responding as much I feel like this is really disheartening, especially when it's someone you're close to, just having a conversation and the person is giving one-word responses or nodding when they should be continuing the conversation. So, what I mean by that is if someone is really interested in what you're saying, they will be responding with something specific to what you just said. So, For example, let's just say you had a really bad day and one of the bad things that happened in your day was coffee spilled all over your car. So if that person was engaged in the conversation, they might say, well, my God, I'm so sorry about the coffee. You know, did you get it cleaned up or did it stain your seats? Something very specific to what you just said. However, someone who is not engaged in the conversation, who doesn't want to continue the conversation, might have said, oh, that sucks. You know, oh, that sucks is a response to what you're generally saying, but it's not a response to something specific you just said. It's not asking further questions to keep the conversation going. You know, if someone's interested in continuing the conversation or interested in what you're saying, they're going to ask those active questions to keep that conversation going. And that's definitely something I've noticed. Also, people who are naturally good communicators know how to keep a conversation going. And the number one thing that they do is asking active, open-ended questions. Not yes or no questions, but open-ended questions that the person can respond to. So, that is a main thing. A main sign that someone wants to leave the conversation. Also, I think I mentioned this, but nodding in response instead of replying, you know, there's only so far you can go with someone talking and the other person nodding as a response. I think that is definitely a pet peeve of mine. I hate dry people in general, like people who cannot hold a conversation just because they're just disinterested, like they don't know how. And, you know, sometimes that's not people's fault, you know, people are introverted, I'm that way sometimes, but, like, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, give me something, like, give me anything, you know? So, definitely just that nodding instead of making an attempt at carrying the conversation. Another sign, kind of moving away of signs that people are disinterested in the conversation Signs when someone is interested in what you're saying. I've noticed laughing and smiling at the appropriate times. You know, when someone's telling a story, you may not interrupt the story to ask a question, but you're nodding when they're saying something to show you're paying attention. You're smiling encouragingly. It's just those little things that really show you someone's listening. I was giving a group presentation, an oral presentation, about a week ago, a week and a half ago, actually, in my English class, and I was looking out at the rest of my class, and of course, you know, some people, the normal kind of disrespectful on their phones, on their computers, 
but you know, some people were paying attention and they were nodding as I was talking and looking at me. And it honestly kept me going, you know, when someone is kind of feeding into what you're saying and showing you, yes, I'm listening. Yes, I am processing what you're saying. It keeps the person going and it definitely gives the person the motivation and confidence to keep talking. So if someone's talking and you want to keep them talking, just those nice gestures, like those laughing and smiling and the the sympathetic glances when you get to a sad part in a story, that those things are all going to make someone continue to talk. One last thing, focused body language. If someone is really into the conversation, they are all in, their body language is going to be leaning forward. Like if they're in their chair, maybe they're elbows will be on their knees and they'll just be leaning forward intently because they want to hear what you're saying. They're leaning in because they want to get every word in that you're saying. So that's another thing. When someone is annoyed, I feel like this is definitely really bad when people don't notice that someone's annoyed and they continue to talk or continue to go on and it's like, oh my god, get the hint already. Number one, not smiling. If someone is not smiling when you're talking and they're normally smiling or they're they're normally a little bit more cheery looking, that's going to be your first red flag that someone is not having it. Another thing is hunched body language. You know, I feel like if you are really engaged in the conversation, you know, you're sitting up straight or you're leaning forward and your body language is turned towards the other person, but you have that hunched body language and you're kind of slumped over, you're just kind of like relaxed, but almost in a bad way, like relaxed, like I don't really care what you're saying, I'm not interested in what you're saying. That hunched body language, like the hunched posture, turned away. If someone is turned away or excessively sighing while you're talking, it's like literally waving a giant red flag in the air, like, I don't like what you're saying. Also, picking at nails or fiddling with the hair in order to not look at the person. This is different than what I was saying when someone is doing those nervous habits when they are attracted to someone, because if you are fiddling with your hair but you're looking at the other person and engaging in the conversation, that's different than when you're fiddling with your hair and looking around the room or trying to get away or sighing in the conversation. So it's those nervous actions paired with the other actions a person does that really tells you if they are into the conversation or not, if they're into what you're saying or not. So those are things to look out for if you are curious if someone is annoyed in a conversation. Other little things that don't, they don't really fall into a specific category, I would say, that I have enough to go off of, but these are just other little things I observe. Number one, confirmational glances after someone says something. I feel like this, this actually is definitely a sign that someone likes you or is attracted to you when you're saying something and someone, or yeah, imagine you're saying something and you look to someone else to see the reaction right after you say it. It's that subconscious, what does so-and-so think about what I just said? That is definitely a major sign. And 
my friend was telling me in her class how there is this person who always looks to their friend to see what they think of what they just said. And it's not always a sign that someone likes you, but just because, you know, you want to see are the people I'm around, do they respect me, you know, am I saying the right things, am I doing the right things? It's like that self-validation almost, that validated feeling. Another thing I notice, this is more just a general thing I notice, but I always notice when people are lonely. Like, I just can always pick them out of the crowd, and I feel like, I don't know, I feel like in middle school, I didn't have, like, a lot of, I didn't really have a lot of friends in middle school, I would say, or I didn't have very good friends, I would say. So, I always felt, not always, but, you know, I felt I felt lonely sometimes, and especially in those group environments with big groups of people, I just felt so drained and just, like, I was trying too hard to keep going and I just couldn't. Just felt so lonely. And because of those experiences, I feel like it's a lot easier for me to pick out people in the crowd who also seem lonely or look at people in a group who are just kind of standing off to the side and... I don't know, I feel like I've always been surprised that other people don't see that, like, you don't see this person is lonely, you don't see this person is upset, or this person just wants someone to talk to. I, I've i always felt like, for me, that's pretty easy to see, and I don't know, it's just always surprising when some people just aren't as adept at picking things like that up, but I feel like that's kind of a random thing just based on my past experiences that I'm definitely definitely good at picking up. Another th- another thing I notice is when someone is opening their mouth to talk and then they're interrupted by someone else and then they close their mouth again. And again, that's kind of a cliche. Like, I feel like in books we're always reading, she opened her mouth and to say something and then closed it or whatever. But it is true in real life. It does happen more than you think. You know, someone's about to say something and then the other person steals whatever they were going to say, steals the mic away from them. So I always noticed that for some reason. Another thing that I really try to work on, but I continue to notice, is glances between friends when someone is talking. If you are talking and you notice two people, usually friends or maybe even partners, and one of them looks at the other person and they kind of laugh or snicker, or just smile a bit, but, like, in kind of in a mean way, it's always, like, it makes me feel bad about myself. I'm like, oh my god, I just said something really dumb because those people looked at me, and these mean girls in middle school, like, these awful girls, they were so mean, and I just remember saying something, like, not even anything weird or embarrassing. Actually, may have been a little weird, but, like, that's just my personality. I just said something, and they just looked at each other, gave each other this long look, and I was like, oh my god, like, I am not dumb, okay? I have, like, I see what you're doing, and I'm not ignoring that. Like, I, like, I saw what you did. So, it's always those small glances to another person when you're talking. It's like, oh god, what did I just say? And, I feel like sometimes when you're so close with someone, it's out of habit that you do that. Like, you automatically glance at your friend 
and you both do it at the same time just because you guys are always on the same wavelength. And I have a friend that I do that with and I feel bad when I do it because I know it probably doesn't make the other person feel good. So that's something I'm trying to work on. But, you know, being on the receiving end of that as well, I definitely notice more when people do that. And also like those small laughs between people, similar to the small glances between people, also those small laughs. I remember at work, this woman was asking me something and I didn't know and she kind of got annoyed that I didn't know and so she was like, well, can you find out? And she looked at her friend or whoever was with her and they kind of laughed and I was like, okay, I'm trying here, you know, I'm doing my best and I saw that little laugh and it just, oh, it took me back to those like memories, middle school memories. But yeah, I definitely try to avoid doing that as much as I can, as much as in my control, because I know it doesn't really make the other person feel good, but I always see that in conversations. I just always observe that, those little things. The last thing I wanted to discuss in today's episode are my opinions on personality tests and zodiac signs. Okay, I'm just going to put it out there and I'm just going to say I don't think personality tests mean anything. The only way that someone's personality can be measured is by actually having a tangible relationship with them. And zodiac signs also don't matter. And here are my opinions on that. You know, you may disagree and that's okay. But this is my opinions. So I took the Myers-Briggs or whatever it's called personality test and I've taken it three different times, okay? The first time I took it, I was probably in like 7th or 8th grade. The second time, freshman freshman year I would say, sophomore year maybe. The third time was today. So, the first time I took it in middle school, my result was ENTJ. And each letter is like an anagram for something. So, E is extroverted, N is... What is N? I have the website pulled up. Let me look. N is... Um, oh, wait, N is intuitive, I think, pretty sure, I'm looking at the website, and then you can have T and F, T is thinking, F is feeling, and J is judging, and P is prospecting, so what I got is ENTJ, so extroverted, um, what was the second one again, extroverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging, now, The next one I got was INTJ, which is the same thing, but introverted. And that's definitely more accurate. I would say I'm definitely on the introvert side of the spectrum. And then the third time, which was today, I got INFJ. So feeling instead of thinking, which I guess means you consider people's feelings more over your own thoughts. Or maybe you can, maybe you consult your heart instead of your head, I guess I would say. But I truly think personality tests mean nothing. Like, people try to put themselves in the box of their zodiac signs or their personality tests, and you know, they're fun to take. Like, it's fun to see what you would get, but I never let that dictate my relationships with other people or my perceptions of other people for that matter. I just think personality tests 
are not accurate and it's just a very very general thing based on like only like 50 questions like you're not going to know someone's personality from 50 questions about them so i definitely i definitely don't really take a lot of val or find a lot of value in personality tests all i think is that they're fun to take same goes for zodiac signs i feel like i'm a gemini maybe you are really into astrology and you're like from what i know like that makes sense or maybe you're like hmm i don't know or maybe you have friends and you're like oh that makes sense that they're that sign but i honestly feel like people just get a description of their personality type or their zodiac sign and they try to fit themselves into this box they're like oh like a gemini is this a gemini is that well i'm kind of that you know i'm kind of this and so we kind of put ourselves into those character descriptions even though they're not really accurate and i know there's a psychological term for that because i read it somewhere and obviously i forget it now when i need it the most but it is a psychological thing and i just don't think zodiac signs are real but they're definitely fun to look at and you know of course it's fun when you make a new friend or you have a crush and you're like what are my compatibility results with this personality type or this zodiac sign so all of that stuff is fun in my opinion but personally i just don't pay too much attention to it and it's just a fun thing for me that's all that's my opinions on zodiacs and personality tests and i thought this episode was really fun to talk about it was really interesting and i hope that the next time you're in a conversation with someone or even observing a conversation or the next time you're people watching maybe you will take some of these little tips and tricks into mind into your own adventures thanks for listening guys and i'll see you next time